Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we are going to pull out these beers. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading our Patreon-selected episode, The Duke and I, the first Bridgerton book by Julia Quinn, and starting with a beer. Oh. So uh, this book deals with a bunch of rich debutantes, basically, and they're all looking to get married, and then there's this one guy, though, the the Duke of Hastings or whatever. Yeah. And he's he's pretty prime for the fucking. This beer's called Prime. And this is a double IPA from Finback. That's nine percent alcohol. And it's dry hopped with Citra Nelson, which sounds that's a Lord Nelson, right? And Motuka, which is probably an island the British took over at this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's delicious. Super, super juicy, sweet, so much better than this book. I don't want to pull this beer out of me. This book was selected by our patrons. Uh, the theme this year, month, this month was No Nut November. <laughs> and this is the one they chose. They took it so this book is all about nutting, but improperly. <laughs> it's more like No Nut in Your Wife December. November. That's December. She's get, I'm getting nutting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> we could make just every every month could be a nut theme. We'll think of something later. Don't jizz December, but but jizz is spelled like with a, with a DG, DJ, like it's a, like a djembe. Guys, I learned something incredible last week it's that I haven't talked to you about yet. It applies now. Right now it applies. You know Star Wars? Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of it. Yes. I'm aware. You know, uh, you know, in the, the, the famous Moss Eisley Cantina song, you know, the do 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 The Cantina band, yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Lucas, when he was creating the Star Wars universe, you know, frequently just changed names to, like, goofy shit that was almost English, but, like, space versions. You're looking it up, Michael. I'm not. Okay. What do you think that music is called in the Star Wars universe? Oh, it's he did, probably... He did this in 1977. Didn't think about it very hard. It's similar to a real style of music, but with one letter changed. Is it like... I'm trying to think of something about ragtime. It's uh. jizz. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is it jazz? Like, no, aliens. It's jizz? That's not a thing already. <laughs> really? Where yeah. Does, where does it say that? And the musicians are called whalers. The They're called jizz whalers. The, where? <laughs> where? What is... <laughs> okay, now I have to Google Star Wars jizz. Which Just, is... Look up jizz music. You're going to get some weird results. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. According to Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia. Which I'm sure is never wrong. They're no, no. heavily sourced. Wookiepedia. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> okay, just making sure. That was they not always, a, a speech impediment. They always just let the Wookiee write whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, jizz. And is an up was an upbeat swinging genre of music. It was a long time most, ago. Most notably In performed by far, far Figurin Dan and the Modal Nodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How did they... <laughs> it was the 70s, man. He was doing a lot of blow, probably. Uh, oh, it was in the Return of the Jedi novelization where it introduced the term jizz whaler. <laughs> which... Which is a Moby Dick. Well, they were all jizz whalers, weren't they? That's true. Very literary. Well, they were sailors. Jizz joke. Yeah. But they were harvesting jizz. The book was teeming with semen. <laughs> anyway, speaking of semen, this book... And jizz. Bridgerton. Um, so it starts off... talking about it as long as we can... <laughs> 
<laughs> this book, uh, it was came out in 2000, but it came out last year or two years ago. I don't know. It's hard to tell time Last anymore. year. Last year. He, p- he pulled it out last year yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> and that's why it's famous again, because I guess it was known, but it wasn't huge. And then Shonda like Rhimes got it. 10 sequels to it. And, and she's very successful, this bro. Yeah, she she pumps him out. She's getting shit done. Uh, in the book, where you know the show is like, wow, it's British society, but one of the guys is black. That's a big thing. Book, that's not a thing. So, also, it wasn't much of a thing in the show either. I don't know if you guys watched. I mean, it. Uh, the thing. Okay, I watched the, out the first half. I watched a couple of episodes back last summer, and I was like, wow, this is so stupid. Yeah. It's perfect for us. So I figured we should put it on our Patreon poll. But then I was like, so the, ma- uh, so the Duke of Hastings, is, he, the, I forget, I don't know this actor's name, but he's black. And then a number of the other characters are black as well. And they just sort of, because it wasn't part of the original material, they just sort of like have one line in there like, oh, I guess they're black. And yeah. then <laughs> everything else is exactly the same. They're just mostly just played by black actors. Yeah. So I don't, I can understand, uh, I'm not saying people being upset that there are black actors, but it's a period thing. They, they, they hand wave it away with like a, and then this one guy was really liked by the king or some shit and he gave him an estate and that guy's family is like royal or some shit. Or they, they, it's a very loose, you kind of just go like, okay, sure, I guess. And then it's not really touched on for most of the show after that. When I when I first yeah when I first saw a shot of the you know like you know the picture of Bridgerton and I was like wait a minute is that a black guy is this science fiction then I was like anyway that was just a joke but <laughs> in the show this show is just kind of like not serious in tone so it's just kind of like it's not serious so whatever it's fine I think it'd be funny if they went like there was one character who was really old timey racist. And he was just like called him like a black Mohammedan and shit like that. Just like the whole episode, just swarthy prince of the night, just like whole shit like that. But that would have been something. But then they would have required that them address it afterwards. Besides, they give him like one line later. It's like, oh, you know, it's hard for me being the only black guy. But kind of, it's like, hard out here for a duke. Yeah, <laughs> but it's really but not think, touched upon for the most part. And and and, and this thing, I don't think it matters. It's a fucking dumb show. But like. It's not really trying to be a very historically accurate show. So who cares? It's, it's, the rest of it is pretty fantastical. So sure, you want to imagine that there are Regency-era black dukes in England? Sure, why not? I don't really, I don't think it adds or takes away anything from what is a shitty plot. Yeah. The whole plot is just don't come in your wife. Yeah. Spoiler. Unless she tricks you. Spoiler. <laughs> That would spoil her. <laughs> so one of my grievances of the book is that it doesn't, it's like it's pretending to be historical romance. It's like someone wrote Jane Austen, but with more fucking. It's, as I texted you guys, it's all the boring parts of Fifty Shades of Grey and Pride and Prejudice written by a child who ate lead paint chips. <laughs> it's just not, it's just shitty. It's shitty Jane Austen. Steve Austin. And, uh, <laughs> Steve Austin wrote Pride and Prejudice. Because he said so. Yeah, that's all that's, yeah, I won't nut in you because I said, why? Because I said so. That's the bottom line. Yes. So it starts out with the perspective of the Bridgerton family and Daphne, the, the eldest daughter. 
but she has three older brothers anyway, and then they're all in. Wasn't there a prologue first? With the, there's a prologue with the uh, the with sad the little boy who boy. stutters. Oh yeah, all right, okay, immediately so Duke, forgettable. So I understand who you know first. You know the Duke is like I need you know what I need to produce a child, so he keeps a getting his wife child. pregnant. A boy child. Well, he, almost any child, but he really just wants a boy child. But he keeps getting his wife pregnant, even though the doctors are like, "This is not safe. You will die." But she does it anyway, and then well, does what? What? Fu- what is that diagnosis, by the way? When they're like. She's a weak lady. Having a child she, she will kill like her. She had like a bunch of miscarriages, and like the last one almost killed her, and then they miscarried like really far in. They're like, please stop doing this to her. It's not going to work out. And he's like, nah, that's her purpose. And, 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 and she, she lives up to it. Yeah. She's all right, or yeah. Lives up to yep. it to a point. Gives Garrett, birth old bastard, to a get boy. Get over here, nothing me. Gives birth to a boy, and then she dies. So the Duke grows up without a mother. But the father is just an asshole, and... The Duke, who is named Simon, uh, he can't. He just doesn't speak. He just. He's not that he doesn't understand language. Like he can understand people, but he literally doesn't speak at all until he's four. And then when he can speak, finally, when he starts to like say words out loud, I'm like, I'm stuttering just as I'm trying to explain it. Uh, as he's trying to say words out loud for the first time, he stutters and he's like, "Oh, he's got a really bad stutter." And the Duke is like, "He's dead to me. He's broken." He's, you know, I don't ever want to see him. And literally, the, the the actual Duke, which is, you know, his father, just sort of, like, goes to another estate and, like, literally never sees his son again. Or not until, like, the son is... Uh, only only till, till he's almost dead and the son is then in his early 20s. Something like that. Anyway, that's the prologue. And the son says, I hate you so much. I will... You, you just wanted me to be born so I you could pass on the family name. Well, guess what? I am never having children. Well, we don't learn Fuck that you. until the end. That's the big reveal. But it was obvious. Oh, no, it's really I thought it was I thought he said it right in the Oh, beginning. it was obvious, but it was it was pretty stupid. He only says it to the girl, uh, Daphne at the end. But you the reader knows that knows us the whole time. Oh, do they? I don't know. I'd fucking Right. Like did, they did, he up. didn't say that in the in the prologue? Okay. He might have. Sure. I fucking I, you're, maybe you're I just right. already knew that that was the premise, oh, yeah. so I was already reading into it. So anyway, that was the prologue, and then it goes into, switches to the Bridgertons. This is, you know, all of 20 years later. This is the year 1813, you know, because of Lady Whistledown. But anyway, so you get to the Bridgerton family. They are not dukes, but they are viscounts, so they are extremely the wealthy. <laughs> they are extremely wealthy and have this huge estate. They're just not as rich as a duke would be. Um, the, they have, there are eight children. All their names are alphabetical order. Daphne is the eldest child, eldest daughter, sorry, eldest daughter, but she's of three older brothers. The father is dead, so that means her older brother is actually the Viscount, like he is sort of the head of the family, even though he's like 24 or Maybe 26. He's, I think he's 22 because he's the same age as the Duke. Oh, he's only 22? Yeah, because there's a really stupid line later right. when they talk about how stupid they were when they were 20, when they are now 22. That's right. You know, Life expectancy was shorter back then, so... It wasn't that know. short. It was shorter. If, if you were wealthy, you could expect definitely to live longer than the... The, the actual life expectancy was somewhere around 30 but that's like for everybody, including all the like infant mortality, are, with with infant mortality and just the 
really difficult work in, in factories in you know, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. It was brutal. Well, those poor people Factories, didn't deserve lines, to live. And they, they didn't. weren't rich. But they, there was a comment at one point. Like, this is the start of the Industrial Revolution. And there's a comment where they were like, oh, the air in London is so filthy. You can't breathe. Like, was that really already happening by 1813? Like, the filthy smog air of London. I mean, I guess compared to 1713, sure. It might have but just been like because of the leader. cramped quarters and people having fireplaces and shit. It wasn't necessarily the factories. It was just gross. It could have been the human shit covering all the streets and sidewalks. Yeah. Just poop. Poop and poop fires. Poop everywhere. Yeah. Well, they said, oh, sometimes the air is just too filthy to see through, is what they said about London. Yes, that wasn't... I don't believe that was true yet in 1813 because the steam engine... Did, they hadn't started building factories powering them with steam engines yet, I believe. I don't know. No, wait, wasn't it 1799? I don't expect this book uh, to be very uh, historically accurate. Well, it was no. not. And I think she threw in just enough middle school social studies trivia to try to pretend it was accurate. In a way, it was about as accurate as the tattooist of Auschwitz uh, um, to compare it to something it's else. Like we've if read, someone heard like, about this from another book and then wrote a book in that same time period. So I'm pretty sure they wore, they wore long stockings. <laughs> that's, that's the level of... So Daphne is the eldest daughter, which means her only mission in life is to marry Rich. And she seems Nobody likes Rich. He's a dick. <laughs> and she seems completely okay with this. But anyway, a new... She's a uh, less a, interesting a, Elizabeth Bennet. Yes. Uh, definitely. I mean, this is obviously based on Pride and Prejudice. But she's also a... Definitely. Anastasia Steele. She is not the most beautiful girl, but when the right guy sees her, he's like, oh, I need to fuck her and just nut on the sheets because she's so beautiful. The, the other <laughs> guy previous to this only banged everyone and never wanted to settle down. Yeah. He just fucked well, every whore. 15 years so, Okay, we'll get to We'll that? get to that. So Daphne, yeah, so the, another thing that's happened. So, so anyway, Daphne is very involved in, you could sort of say, the social circles of London because she's trying to find a husband. Now, her complaint is that because she's so just down-to-earth and friendly that all the men see her, don't see her as a romantic interest, really just more as a friend. And I want to say that's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> but also... <laughs> <laughs> but also, the other thing is that there's suddenly a brand new newspaper. Except, not newspaper, it's like a... Um, tabloid. It is really more like the first tabloid called Lady Whistledown, who published a weekly sort of like gossip newspaper. It's not even just kind of like... It's a there's a gossip page. Yeah, right. There's, it's there's page not, six, but from 1813. But that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Anyway, and nobody knows... Who Lady Whistledown is, but she seems to have all the information. It's like she has spies everywhere, or it's like the fruits have eyes. (laughs) (laughs) She's just getting all the hot gossip from the closeted gay British men. The fruits have eyes. Or she has little cameras planted in everyone's fruit bowls. It's bananas how much she knows. (laughs) This is The Fruits Have Eyes by Gunhill Brewing. This is a sour ale with blood orange, blackberry, and raspberry, and is 6.5% alcohol. And is one pint. 
I can't believe Jimmy's not going to join me making these fruit puns right now. And it's, it is good. It's really good. I only heard... Was there more? <laughs> but it is definitely sour. Aren't you surprised with how much she knows? <laughs> they were very surprised that, that <laughs> they heard so much. She's the apple of no one's eye, apparently. He, ooh. <laughs> but she's like... With, like what, she brings all the boys and Barry to the yard, <laughs> but none of them want to marry. They can't <laughs> elope either. No, that's not allowed. <laughs> With one of our uh, listeners and patrons, uh, uh, who are friends with on Untapped, yeah, I get all the goddamn emails. <laughs> oh yeah, I have. We have like sixty messages back and forth trying to think of uh, tree puns. There's, <laughs> just, there's so many, and I like, I like, I, I had to, I have, I can't really think of any more. Like googling other types of trees <laughs> to try to make it. <laughs> it's like this fucking guy beat me, so I had to. I just had to like stop answering. Because it was the shame of not winning the phone battle. <laughs> and which patron is this? Is this uh, well, uh, I'm not sure what I'll be calling him when I thank the patron. We should thank the fine patron, shouldn't we? Let's, let's thank them in, after my beer because I want to drink it. All right, fine, fine. Yeah, this is this is Travis, though. You know who you are. <laughs> so, so they're you they're, know uh, what you did. Yeah, there's this there's this newsletter going around. The newsletter's like, no one's gonna marry Daphne. She's an old bitch now. She'll never find love. And Daphne's like, well, at least they found something to. Re- they were in the newspaper, so she's like fifteen. She's she's, I think she's. They 16? never actually say, but I think she's like eighteen or nineteen at this point. Ah, oh, an old maid. I mean, she's the fourth kid. The oldest kid is twenty-two. She might be. She's probably eighteen, maybe seventeen. Because they pump them out. As Simon you know? says, there's like fucking what isn't there's like eight kids, isn't there? Yeah, they go eight nope. through H. So, yeah, and most of them don't matter in the book. No, no, most of them. Maybe in the sequels, but I doubt it. But the the big talk of the town is that there's going to be a you know another big ball coming up because that's what rich people do. They just have balls so their kids can fuck each other one day. And um, these parties are pretty fancy, right? Would you say these parties are pretty fancy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you think that they have like refreshments there at these parties? Do you think they have like elaborate foods? <laughs> There's a good I, chance. Yeah, I would suspect that there are at least some hand passed apps. Uh, <laughs> and you know, one of the fancy ladies—I don't remember her name—but I'm going to assume it's Caroline. Do you think that they have <laughs> Caroline's over-the-top salted caramel apple cider donuts there? <laughs> if they're in season, yeah, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> what else would you think? Oh fuck! That's the main snack <laughs> on the ton. Yeah, the ton, right? The, the singular of tauntaun. <laughs> what is the ton? Is this term used throughout the book that was never explained? But Nate googled it, right? And it's like according just, to when I googled Bridgerton, what does ton mean? There were a whole bunch of articles about you know people have been looking into this thanks to Bridgerton, and apparently it was a real term meaning British high society around London. I never heard it before. So and would not stop fucking exploding. It's like the Duke. <laughs> like the Duke. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, Caroline's over-the-top salted caramel apple cider donut from Evil Twin. Wait, did Twin. you say apple cider what? Apple cider donut. Oh, I have a beer for that. Uh, hold <laughs> on. <laughs> this is a sour ale with salted caramel apple cinnamon, and it's 7%. By who? Who makes this? Evil Twin, New York. Oh, right. Um, yeah, it tastes kind of like apple juice. <laughs> That's all that buildup for apple juice. I can, get, I can get the cinnamon as well. I'm not really getting caramel, but that's probably because that's just sugar. 
or salt. It tastes kind of like a, a light apple pie, which is, you know, apple juice, kind of. It's good. It is good. It's not incredible. It's not, it's not as good as some of those other, like, apple pie ones. Like, what was it? The fucking mom's apple pie one? The not, not your mom's apple pie? Not your mom's apple pie, yeah. That one. Or the, the meat apple pie one, too. Yeah, that one's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Kurt, Kurt's meat yeah, or whatever. That, that was incredible. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a sour ale. So, yeah, it was good. Oh, and vanilla. I don't taste that either, though. Well, it's appropriate, too, because when Simon meets Daphne, he definitely wants to get in cider. <laughs> yes, he does. But he does, he does, do not nut, not do nut. <laughs> <laughs> do nut and cider. So the first, like, fucking quarter of the book takes place at this first party. They're very it long parties. really long, stupid party scene. It's chapters and chapters of, like, this one sad loser guy hitting on Daphne and her trying to, like, let him down easy. And then her and her brood of siblings all hanging out there while the mom is scheming to try to set them up with people. And then... Um, oh, the, because the, the other brothers dude, aren't married either. Yeah, they're just gallivanting around fucking everything that every peasant girl they can. Yeah. They're rakes. Yes. They, yeah, they say the word they rake a lot. Eight leaves. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, they, they talk about that a lot, especially when, when Daphne finally meets Simon, and she's like, you were acting like a rake, and he's like, I am a rake. And she's like, you're not really a rake. And they just keep saying you're that term. You're a shovel. Like, at best. <laughs> so, one of the Let things about Let me sweep you this, off your feet. That's not what rakes do. Well, so, <laughs> you will notice in terms of, like, gender roles is that Daphne is only cares about one thing, which is getting married and having a child and being pure, whereas all the men are rakes. And they've, you know, basically fucked, they've whored their way across Europe and that is so not a bad thing. They're just like, oh, he's a bad boy. Oh, so attractive. It's like not even, they don't even pretend that that's a bad thing for the man to have done. And their dicks are all rotted off from syphilis. Yeah, they, they was, there was no cure for anything. Everyone was so they, very they all, itchy at these parties. They all just have, it's teeming with crabs. <laughs> They can't sit. They have to like ride side saddle because of the anal warts. <laughs> they have fucking herpes blooms that look like a, a colony of fungus, like of, of you know shiitake mushrooms on them. Ugh. And they're just like he's a gentleman, <laughs> but he's rich. So and they're like, oh yeah, I guess you deal with that. And all the women have to be virgins. They that later on. Um, fucking Daphne's mother won't even tell her how sex works the day before her wedding. <laughs> He's gonna do stuff to you. You just gotta do it. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. He'll know what to do. That's all she says. And she's like, do it good. Do what? <laughs> it's like almost like the mom was trying to start a who's on first bit, <laughs> but <laughs> they didn't rehearse it. <laughs> so at this party, ultimately through a stupid thing that would work way better on TV than it does in a book, at least the way it's handled by this author. Daphne is dealing with like a drunk, stupid guy that she punches in the face because he's like too pushy with her. And Simon shows up, the Duke, and he's like... 
they have a lot of like w- you know witty repartee between them. They're very sassy, mm-hmm. and they basically come up with like, all right, we got to get rid of this fucking drunk idiot guy. And then that guy will wake up, and like one of them punches him again. Then Simon has to hit him because yeah. he has to show how strong he is. And then they dump the body in a in a carriage or something, and they go back to the party, and then they are formally they pretend that they've never met that they've never met. So Simon has never met Daphne, except Simon is best friends. Simon the Duke is best friends with Daphne's older brother, um, Anthony. 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 But uh, there's the Italian th- one. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Tony. <laughs> but uh, Anthony has told Simon never go near my sister, even though they never met. Never you go rake. near my sister. Leave her alone, Because Rick. there's a rule among gentlemen that you don't date each other's sisters, which, can I say, wasn't a thing. Yeah, they, no, they definitely wasn't a thing. Super, super interwoven. This, they, there's only like eight families. Like, there's going to be a great deal of... <laughs> Their family tree of, is like uh, a ladder. Yeah. You're at, it's you like know... a fisherman's net. <laughs> at most third cousins. You know, if they're not your first cousin... They're your second cousin or they're your third cousin. So they, they have those same terms, but they're usually to rank their hot cousins. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always a good chance that, that you might think they're their third cousin, but actually because of some lying philanderer here or there, <laughs> they're, they're closer than you'd think. Uh, like the only, the only new blood that made its way into the, into the, you know, the, the pool here was when the, you know, one of the fathers banged a peasant girl, and then they had a bastard floating around. Other than that, they were all super, like, couldn't even close their mouths. Their jaws were so overgrown. <laughs> but uh, I have beer, just because it's fucking terrible. So this scene is when I realized they're talking. The book pretends to be, as I was saying earlier, pretends to be a period thing, pretends to be, even though it's really like a Hope she doesn't get her period thing. But it pretends to be a historical romance novel. But it's not. It's just fucking the way people talk now. Like they, they just throw they throw an occasional my lord or a beseech in there. But they're really just talking he like yells, people what talk. the fuck, bro, at one point. Is there a what the fuck, bro? No. There's something close to it though. Well, there's like a lot of just attempts to be like you know, clever, you know, like they're they're quick wit. Well, I like this line. This is after when Simon has to explain, when Simon like is pretending to meet Daphne, and they're like, oh, I bumped into her when she was dealing with that stupid guy. And then Colin, the third brother, says, I haven't the faintest. They said, what happened to that guy? And Colin says, haven't the faintest. Probably left to nurse his broken heart or broken head, Simon thought acerbically. <laughs> <laughs> What? Gotcha. <laughs> Ooh, burn, <laughs> motherfucker. But also, like, you don't think acerbically. That's <laughs> nobody. Like, someone's using the thesaurus real well now. Yeah, they're not. They're English, not Serbian at all. That's that's true. Uh, that's what exactly what I meant. <laughs> but it's like they're living in some sort of imagined reality. As in, you know, this is what she thought it was like, but it's really not. And this is Imagined Reality from Three's Brewing, which is a Galaxy India Pale Ale that's 6.8% alcohol. Barely barely counts. And it's quite delicious. Galaxy, can't go wrong, even though now it's kind of 
not, not, not everything Citra. That's very good. But most importantly, I should say that these beers brought to us by our supporters over at Patreon. And uh, if you want to become a supporter of the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club, where you can get exclusive content, early access to episodes, merchandise, um, and vote in our monthly book poll, which selected this very book. So thanks, Democracy. And most importantly, get shouted out on our monthly book poll episode. So I need to thank some people. So in no particular order, I need to thank Sarah, Nick, Joseph, Joe King, Dan, <laughs> Jeff. Oh, fucking what the fuck does this say? Twee Buffles Me Teen Scoot Moore's Dugas Kite Fontaine. I, if that is something in South Africa, in Afrikaans, your country, everything they, everything they just said wrong about your country is true. Like, <laughs> like that can't be, <laughs> it can't be a word. <laughs> it's like one of those Welsh words that just keep chaining things onto it. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, Tracy, I need to not fucking procrastinate and forget to change my name this month. Who freaking fucking used that last month? Get <laughs> <laughs> into the bit, I get it. Oh, okay. Here we go. I have to like resize my fucking browser to read some of these now. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, also, Mike, uh, Mike here, and my three biggest fears are government, paved roads, and Nate's views on segregation. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, that's, that's something I said. And also... <laughs> Libertarians don't hate women. I love my wife and daughter very much. I just don't respect them. Also, Nate Pork's dead dogs. How did this get turned around on me? It's not even my month. What the fuck? It's not your time of the month. That's a theme in this book. Anita Tolek, Barry, Julian, Olive Hewer Cox, I'd also like to thank the dead organ, formerly known as Mike's liver. Uh, thanks. I, didn't, I knew I didn't need it. You can always get a new one. Uh, Russell, Tyler, Grace, Catherine, Colton, uh, give it to me hard and deep. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, Nick, uh, Colonel Angus, Joe P, Crab, Mike, uh, Michael, Daniel, Existentialist Watermelon, Hayden, and this person took it to another level. The f- these are two different people. One is, I feel like you need a tasty. <laughs> and then the next person is, emotional support burrito. <laughs> <laughs> That's teamwork, everybody. And lastly, CL, making the dream work. So thanks, patrons. Uh, you guys are excellent. And, uh, and fuck you, Jimmy's friends. Uh, so... <laughs> For for me and actually more from Nate than me. I I didn't have to say anything that bad. <laughs> Nate Pork's dead dog. One time. <laughs> it was just so why? Why did that happen? Well, he is dog fuckingly old. <laughs> That's oh, all right. It's it's a callback. <laughs> Definitely. You might think, because we have a Vaguely successful book and beer podcast that we figured everything out. Emphasis on vaguely. Very vaguely. Well, as most other podcasters refer to our podcast, they say, Whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, you might think we figured it all out. 
But even we could benefit from some tips sometimes. And that's where life coaching comes in. And of all the life coaches we know, our favorite is Tracy Michelle Bullock, founder of Simplicity Do Your Dream. She's a writer, a former startup COO and doula, HR professional, and creative thinker who is relatable, wacky, real, and very much an expert in all things work and job related. She is a uh, career and creativity coach who supports job seekers, freelancers, artists, entrepreneurs, and any other professional who wants an expert eye and ear to spitball, strategize, and offer any other kind of support for their career aspects of their lives and work. If you want to connect, Tracy offers free 30-minute meet-and-greet calls you can book via Instagram or the website simplicitydoyourdream.com and 20% off your first month of coaching if you drop Drunk Guys via scheduling a call, email, or direct message. So if you'd like to connect, check out Tracy on Instagram at Tracy Michelle Bullock. That's Tracy Michelle with one L, B-U-L-L-O-C-K. Or you can go to our website at simplicitydoyourdream.com to learn more and schedule a meet and greet. And now, back to us. Okay, so real fast, we got to get through this dumb party scene because we're only a quarter through the book. But, But basically, Daphne and Simon hatch a plan. They're immediately attracted to each other. They pretend they like, oh, wait, you're Daphne Bridgerton. I didn't even know that was you because he was using a fake name at first. Oh, you're Simon, the Duke of Hastings. Oh, I did not realize. And then at the, by the end of the night, after the scheming mothers and everything, they go, you know, I've got, the, I've got a plan. I, the Duke says, I don't want to actually have all of these mothers coming up to me every day going, oh, can you meet my daughter? And you want to look eligible for all the other gentlemen. So why don't we pretend that we're courting for a while. We'll go, and then I will be taken, and you will look like a very, you know, you'll, you, your social stock will rise because you are dating the Duke. And so they're like, huh, yeah, but let's do this, but let's keep it secret, especially from mom. And, and so they her do. brothers, everyone initially can't know. But instantly, yeah. the, one of the brothers finds out. Well, they tell they tell the oldest brother when he goes over to the house the next day and be like, "I'm pretending to call upon you." And Boda's like, "Nah, I saw what you do with that dick back in Amsterdam. You were going nowhere near my sister." And he's like, "Chill, bro. It's a fucking con." And the brother's like, "Okay, I get what you're going for. I'll fuck around with this as long as you never kiss my sister." And he's like, "Sure," but we know that's not going to happen. In seven minutes. Well, they pretend that they're together for about two weeks. But then after two weeks, they're clearly so attracted to each other that they're at another party, another ball or whatever. And they're out somewhere. Are they out in the garden? I don't remember where they are. But he, she lures him deeper into the garden. Yeah. To her which, secret garden. Which a better author, you might have thought that maybe this is like a a biblical allusion to the Garden of Eden and the woman tempting man. But no, no, it's just, she's just like, come feel me up in these bushes. <laughs> Maybe my bush too. Who knows where this will go. It's a tribute to the Oasis song, Fucking in the Bushes. Yes. And That's uh, an Oasis song? It yeah. is actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It, it was in, Some, I think it was in Snatch? Uh, well, it, it, you, you could fuck someone in the Snatch in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> it, could, it could all link together. 
So um, Daphne and Simon are just, they just can't resist each other. And so they dis and so they're out in the the bushes and so then and they actually kiss and it's so good. And then Simon like pulls her dress down. Yeah. He pulls her tears out. Then, and then but that only lasts for a couple seconds because Anthony comes in immediately because like comes it's like you I told you to stay away from my sister. Although I, one other thought about this. Didn't women have to wear an enormous number of undergarments at the time? And so wouldn't it have taken like half an hour to get her out of that dress? Anyway. He undresses her very quickly throughout all of the sex scenes, too. It's like a quick change artist. <laughs> but he just, he just, them titties had to be freed. And he just pops it right out. He's like, and she, she's all for it. Even though I'm sure every single thing she was taught was like, don't fuck, no one touches you with unless you're married. But if you're in the bushes... A rich guy can touch your boobs. So, but it doesn't last very long because Anthony comes in and says, you, uh, you, Simon, I can't, I hate you. You can't do this. Now and you have somebody to get must married, have seen, <laughs> Exactly. Somebody might have seen you. Um, and and you're not here anymore. Now, <laughs> now you have to marry her. And Simon is like, I can't do that because I'm never getting married. I'm never having children. Although he's not actually explaining why. At the he time. just pouts. He's like, like no. I can't. Yeah. Then Anthony's fiery Italian temper takes over. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, pistols at dawn. <laughs> so they, they decide to have a duel. Like, they're literally going to have a duel. Well, he's like, he's besmirched her honor, but he can't marry her. So he's like, uh, I guess I'm going to do this duel. But Simon is planning that he will not fire at Anthony. Even though Anthony's, he knows Anthony's definitely going to shoot him right in the head. <laughs> so he's like, I guess this is how I go. This is how I lead. This, this is what happens. And then uh, Daphne is so sad, but Daphne is able to find out where the duel is going to take place and then shows up, literally gets a horse, because she's really good at riding, I guess, and gets a horse and writes later. out. That's foreshadowing. Really good at riding? Yes, foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh gets a uh goes out and finds where they are in before the duel takes place and says Simon why don't you just marry me don't you want to like am i really that hideous and he's like uh you don't understand i'm never marrying anyone he's like why not and he says i would only hurt you because so i can't big. have children that's what he says i can't have children and but he kind of says makes a deal with her like well Okay, I'll marry you, but you kind of need to understand that I can't have children. And you have 10 seconds to think about it. And she goes, uh, okay. So they, 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 they're going to get married. So they do get married. They don't have the duel. Simon doesn't get shot in the head. And they go and get married like a week later. Yeah. It's a whirlwind romance. All right. They've now only known each other Three weeks. And he's been having just mad horny dreams about her. He's fucked a lot of whores, but she's the one he wants. And, ooh, uh, she, and on the wedding night, on the, on the <laughs> night before the wedding, the mother comes in and tries to give her the birds and the bees speech, but doesn't actually explain anything. <laughs> and he's going to do so stuff and you're going to not like awkward. it probably. And, you know, just, but, just grit but your you teeth might like it sometimes. It. He's like, you've done this, mother? He's like, that's how you make babies. He's like, 
you did this eight times, like maybe a few more times than that. What is it? Shut up, kid. You'll find out. I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> and so uh, then they get married. And, and then the they take a road scenes, trip. Then they're like, we're going to my estate, one of my many, many estates at Clive Down or something. Clive, whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter sure. at all. Yeah. But she's like mad that he won't take, he won't just bang her at the inn they stop at, at the, on the side. Like, like, she, like, she's very nervous because she doesn't know what the fuck is going to happen. She's like, something's going to happen to me. Is it going to be at this dirty inn? And he's like, no, I'll wait. He's like, oh, well, that's cool. But also, like, why not? But she's also uh, imagined that when he said, I can't have children, it's because his dick doesn't work. Yeah. So she does kind of know how sex works. I think she's pieced enough together. But no one ever, I'm sure, told her what balls were. And the first time she's like, what, huh? Hmm. That's different. It's like a pendulums. Uh, so... They ultimately get to the castle, and then they start banging all the time. They stay in the master bedroom for a week. And then she meets the staff and sees the rest of the castle. It says that. Uh, she met the staff. She met oh, the she staff. Was, she right. meets the, the crew. <laughs> <laughs> but it says, they bang for a week. They never leave the room. They just bang. I guess they poop in the same room. On the They actually, at one point, they mention... The master suite has two bedrooms and two uh, dressing rooms and an adjoining sitting room. Never mentions a bathroom. It's a shitting room. Chamber pots. They're shitting in a bucket and making some poor woman deal with it. Yeah. But yeah. So they, like God intended. They bang for a week and then she goes around and meets the, the staff where she meets the housekeeper who reveals his troubling childhood because she doesn't know fucking anything about her husband. Well, they do bang. She knows one part of her husband. What, I forget, Nate. What happens? What what does happen? What's so they fuck a lot, but he uh, always has to spill his seed on the sheets of the bed instead of her, and she's just like she because Daphne doesn't know like how babies are made. She like doesn't quite understand. She's just kind of like, huh? That's how you what? starch the sheets. You get okay. Them nice and stiff I guess that this way. is just. I guess this is just what happens. I guess this is just. Guess it just it. He doesn't want to hit me with his wiener puke. The <laughs> <laughs> so wiener puke and I. <laughs> so then she starts meet she meets the woman who was like the maid for the Duke's mom. And she's been around, and this woman has been looking for someone to talk to for a long time. And she They've just, been like staffing this empty house for years. <laughs> So she just fucking unloads all the exposition shit that's remaining for this character, like, so she could get to the same point the reader's at. <laughs> and then she says something like, oh, yeah, and it was like the old Duke. He's fucking real Duke bag. And he was nothing in that lady. And, like, you know, it doesn't say that, that directly because it's all like, it's like his Lord hath nutted in her. You know, it's like a little old timey. <laughs> And then it's like, said, but his seed is strong. Or yeah, but takes... you need it. You don't. You need young, strong seed, not not old, feeble. You know, porridge pouring out of the <laughs> dribbling out of the tip of an old man's penis. And so then she's like, "Wait, direct quote." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe I should re- regrade this book. Maybe it's better than I thought. And then <laughs> it it all clicks for Daphne, and she's like, "Wait, he can have children, I guess." He just has to give me those seed, that sweet, sweet seed. So she confronts 
the Duke. And with, with basically like, you lied to me. No, she doesn't confront him yet. So first she just is like, Because the you know most what? important scene in the book has to happen first. The scene when he has to threaten to break down the door. Or does she confront him? She, I guess she does confront him because that's why he gets she, drunk. She's not in, his room, in the room when he's like, yeah. uh, it's time for you to bang me. And then she's hiding in a different room and she won't come out and talk oh, yeah. to him. And he's like, what the fuck? And then she's like, and then she says, you lied to me. He's like, I didn't lie. I crossed my fingers. He must be a fucking lawyer. Yeah. Uh, I blinked <laughs> twice when I said it. So it's different. And I own you. Like, he gets very property-like right away with her. Well, that is their purpose. And then she's ultimately, she's like, I don't, he's like, I'll break down the door. And she's like, please don't do that. That'd be stupid. And ultimately, he, he leaves for the night to go get shit-faced drunk at the tavern. And fight some semen. Well, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's foreshadowing, I guess. Because <laughs> he does specifically fight with sailors. <laughs> he spills them on the floor. Yeah, it's like, oh, and he he's such a tough tough guy. He beat the shit out of these two sailors, <laughs> this, and this dandy rich boy goes to a biker bar and fights everyone there, and goes home and plows his wife. Yeah, and he gets back, and he's so he's like he all nighter comes back. The he like shuts down the tavern, which I don't know if that really happened. Like the guy just lived there; that was his house. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes back home on his horse, and he's like, "Get me, you know, let me." And she she lets him in, and she she he falls asleep, and then she tricks him into having sex with her. She fucking she fucking raped that guy. <laughs> That's she what happens. Absolutely rapes him. But you know why she did it? Oh God. <laughs> yes. It's because she's become nuts for nuts. <laughs> she needs him to nut in her. That's what that's that's <laughs> Will you allow it, Jimmy? I'll allow it. <laughs> so this is nuts for nuts from Evil Twin Brewing NYC. An imperial step with honey roasted peanuts, butter toffee cashews, honey roasted almonds, and cashew crunch coming in at twelve and a half percent alcohol. Does it smell like those carts you walk by? It 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 does taste a good deal like the nuts or nuts kind of uh, mm. that syrup that they where they coat peanuts in, and uh, it's very good. But what's not good <laughs> is this entire series really hinges on the fact that she rapes him. And we're just supposed to gloss over and that. And convinces him that she didn't. She, yeah, she fucking gaslights him. He's like, did I? He wakes up the next morning when he's sobered up. He's like, did I, did I want it? Did I ask for this? Did I deserve I it? I shouldn't have been wearing that cravat in that neighborhood. It's <laughs> basically what yeah, he says afterwards. It's fucking insane. He said, she tricked him. <laughs> or had she? He tried to remember. He should not have encouraged what he knew he could not stop. It's like... Holy shit, this is pretty tone deaf. I mean, it was written in 2000. It wasn't that long ago. It was before 9 11. Yeah. It changed thing, changed everything. In the show, he's not drunk, but she still does rape him because she like doesn't get off of him in time for him to pull out. Oh, I, actually, I like the description of, of when he uh, comes in her, not just because it helped me finish jacking it on the train when I was reading this, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> but, you but, and the homeless guy next to you? Uh, it's weird. You know, I kept hearing people on the train talk about a homeless guy. I didn't see one. I don't know what's <laughs> happened. 
Um, but he lets off an amount of semen in her that it's like a fire hose. He exploded within her. The force of his climax lifting his hips off the bed, pushing her up along with him. She planted her hands underneath him, using all of her strength to hold him against her. She would not lose him this time. She would not lose this chance. So she's totally like knows what she's doing. But he has a geyser of jizz. And he's like, oh, fuck, there's a good chance she's going to get pregnant. I just shot about eight trillion sperm in there. And then, then they have this weird scene where they kind of go, oh, wait, who, who asked for it? Whose idea was she it? She says some creepy shit in this part where she said, what did I do that was so wrong? You wanted me. You know you wanted me. Which is textbook rapist talk. And she, when he's still asleep, she says, he was asleep and probably still more than a little bit drunk. And she could do whatever she wanted with him. She could have whatever she wanted. Not good. No. Not good. And then he's mad. So Rightfully. he's just... <laughs> He's mad, and the next day, when he kind of sobers up, he says, if you get pregnant, write me a letter. And then he leaves. No, he leaves her a letter. He's gone. That's what the letter no, says. He, and he, the letter says, write me a letter. Yeah. And then he leaves. He's gone. And then he goes out to one of his other estates and then just, like, waits there. And then she's kind of alone at the whatever estate for two months, just hoping that she got pregnant. Does she go back to London right away, or does she go back to London after she uh, No, she up? waits around for a while, okay. but then she goes back to the estate nearest London so she can be near her family. And then her family finally shows up and is like, hey, uh, where's your husband? Why are you just hanging out here by yourself? And she's like, don't. This is my business, not yours. Definitely. Don't do, don't do anything. Okay. And then they... Uh, Oh, and then finally, it's been like two months, and she thinks that she's pregnant. So she writes a letter to Simon, and hap- and Anthony happens to show up at her at her you know estate, her place, and says, "I'm going to kill him. What's what's he done? What is going on here?" And so he. Uh, Anthony, she says, fine, uh, listen, send him this letter. You can go see him, but promise not to kill him. And make sure you promise. And then like, she gives him the letter. The letter says, I'm pregnant. And then it's... I figured out yeah, how it works. <laughs> guess I finally learned how babies are made. And then she goes out writing. But then Simon... Well, he, he, goes, he goes to London to find her and finds that she has gone yes, out writing. So, but Simon gets the letter and so he gets the letter. He's like, oh, my God, she's pregnant. What has she done? And then goes back to see her. But she, when he gets to the estate, she's gone out riding. It's like, what? Don't you know that's dangerous for the baby? But she um, gets knocked off the horse by a branch. She's out looking yeah. for, um, like, who is that rider that's coming towards me and not looking at where she's going? And gets hit by a branch and gets knocked off the horse. And then Simon, and the writer was Simon, like, where the fuck were you? Why the fuck are you? It's like, are you okay? Are you all right? And then it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, woman? And she's like, uh, I was wrong. I'm not pregnant. And he's like, oh, that's... Oh, no. Cool. <laughs> Let's have a talk now while I'll undo all of the thoughts I ever had about myself in like two or three 
paragraphs for plot reasons. Well, I mean, his his uh, his his plan was pretty dumb. <laughs> like, no, yeah, it was just like my dad was a prick, so I'll never be a dad to fuck him somehow. The line the line will not continue. That's all he cared about was continuing his line and the title. And he's like, so I won't have a baby because my dad was a dick. Which is my favorite line in the book is when uh, she says to him when they're fighting before, uh, before she rapes him, can you look me in the eye, she whispered, and tell me that when you pull from my body and give yourself instead to, instead to the bed, you're thinking about me? Which means like, no. I'm thinking about my dad. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever helps him finish, you know. <laughs> Every time I come, I think about how much I hate my dad. <laughs> so they kind of have this big fight, but it comes to a resolution. And then they decide, yep, okay, I guess we are going to have a baby. And then nine months later, they have a baby. But there's also, um, she had received these letters from some other, you know, some old other Marquis of assholery. And he's like, oh, your father had these letters entrusted for me to give to you because he really wanted to get them to you, but he's dead. And Bridget is like, burn them. (laughs) I hate him. And then the old man's like, I don't want to. That's why I'll never nut in a lady. I'm not having, I'm having nothing of that. And then uh, fucking Daphne's like, I'll, I'll just hold on to them. And then they don't get mentioned again for the entire book until around this time when she takes the letters and she's like, here they are. And you're like, oh, yeah, let's see what this is all about. And he's just like, I'm not going to read them. Nah. <laughs> I'm like, good. Are you, it, are you, are you sure? <laughs> like, like she's, she's asking him questions. It's like, an, um, like on who wants to be a millionaire. And you know, like the first couple questions that are really dumb when they're just like, yeah, we're going to give you a hundred bucks. I'm like, what weighs more, the moon or an elephant? And then the person, everyone's like, elephant. And they're like, think about it. <laughs> Could be maybe something more than that. And they're like, I don't know. Elephants are pretty big. And he's like, uh, well, the moon is a hologram. So but he's the like, elephant, I don't want to read the letters. Like, are you sure? You don't really like want to know what's in them? And he's like, no. Okay, do you want to? Do you still want to burn them? And he's like, probably no. I don't know, maybe not. He's like, because I, I kind of want to know. <laughs> he's like, meh. Because his, because his, his dad tried to make up with him when he was older, and he realized like his son was like a hot guy who was getting a lot of, a lot of lady bits done <laughs> on him. And so the dad was like, you could be my son again. And the kid's like, mm, go fuck yourself. And he decided to travel around Europe for six years. Or on daddy's Africa. dime, by the way. And then the dad so died So he didn't really he turn his back on the father too much? Well, no, that would require him having to do something other than be a, be yep. a rich and then boy. It, and then it ends. And then there's an epilogue. Where they have a lot of kids already. Like, yeah, like 17 children. They have four. And they've also kept the alphabetical thing going. Uh, and then... There's a second epilogue that was written a few years ago where the author says there was so much so people just wanted to know what happened so I wrote a second epilogue for each of my books but there's a second book why what's the purpose of an epilogue where a second Are a the sequel other already books exists about I think they're about the other kids I think they're about the family I don't know but I mean, I didn't my, my the copy I had did not have the second epilogue well, so I don't know what's it's, in it. it when they I do not read it She's 41, and she's getting <laughs> pregnant again. 
But it included this one passage I really liked because it just was like ridiculous. She's like, oh, God, I'm fucking pregnant again. That's ridiculous. And we've been, he's just been splooging in me for 17 years and nothing's happened. She says, you know, she really hated being pregnant because she got fat and like her fucking, she had the shits and stuff. <laughs> Does it say it that says she had the her shits? digestive tract did things that she absolutely did not wish to experience again? That's the shits. She had the Jesus. shits. Yeah. Uh, and so, or, or I guess they called it back then the butt vapors, whatever they had. <laughs> but then I just like this like she thought of her sister in law, Lucy, who positively glowed throughout pregnancy, which was a good thing. As Lucy was currently 14 months pregnant with her fifth child. <laughs> and then it goes to the next line. I know, and I was like, huh? And then the next line, new paragraph, or nine months as the case might be. But Daphne had just seen her a few days earlier, and she looked as if she were 14 months along. New paragraph, huge, staggeringly huge, but still glow. Glowing and with astonishingly dainty ankles. I love the just like we get it. She's a pregnant woman who got fat, but it has to go through several paragraphs <laughs> and including huge, staggering huge. Like, did Trump write that sentence? <laughs> like, she got real fat, huge, so fat, tremendous, like, unbelievably fat, ankles still small. Biggest baby I'm told I've ever seen. so fat. <laughs> just people come back and say, "Wow, she's fat." <laughs> just, it was just what, what? What was the point of this passage? I don't know. I don't know why you'd go back and write an epilogue. Well, it was so that way when they did the new printing of the book, they could say, "Ooh, with a new epilogue," and some assholes are going to buy it. Of course. Oh, I guess. I guess people who people who watched the show and didn't know it was a book. Maybe. When did this come out, the book? The second um, epilogue? Like 2013 or something like that, she put... Oh, Jesus. So, like, 13 years after the first book, but also maybe seven years before the show came out. So there was no reason I think to it do might it. have been to tie in with, like, the last book came out, and then they, like, published the, like, oh, you know, yeah. okay. omnibus ones. there's, what, like, ten of these? There are eight kids, or... It's like children. There are of nine Dune. novels. Children Bridgerton. Bridgerton. <laughs> House Bridgerton. The cum <laughs> must flow. The Hatterock don't come in her snatch. I think you made a similar joke on the Dune episode, actually. <laughs> oh, I was an Dune episode. Right. You guys recorded. Oh that yeah, one. you were with your whore oh, mother that day. Awesome. <laughs> like <always>. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's how it ends. And we could Thankfully. all take solace, and if they were historical characters, they are all long dead now, which makes me feel better, because God damn it, did this suck. Yeah. Surprisingly little sucked. oral, very little, no oral action. Though at one point he does fantasize about licking her toes, because, you know, every one of these guys is a yeah, foot dude. A little bit of that. Maybe women are into that. Of course he is. Yeah, the book two <laughs> is apparently about Anthony. That's yeah. the Viscount who loved me. Some of these titles are ridiculous. Like that sounds like a you know a spy who loved me, James Bond kind of title. Then uh, another one was an offer things. from a gentleman. Is that an officer and a gentleman pa- pa- like parody title? Yeah, that all, all of these are just ripoffs of other Jesus. things. Well, she churns them out. Like the first eight books came out in a period of seven years. Well, they're Give not the very fans complex. what they want. 
nor very good. Man, she is prolific. She puts out like she still put these are out? done, but she has tons of other things, and she has at least a book every year. Oh, and no, it was fucking annoying at the end of this book. You never find out who Lady Whistledown is. The gossip bitch. Every chapter, you get a little blurb from her. Oh, well, I'm sure you, you find out that she's series. not old. That's only you know at the end of the book. No, in the show, you find out who it is by the end of season one. Well, the show. Yeah. Make some better decisions in the book, probably. But I mean, the show also incorporated a lot. Probably, if that book two is about him, about Anthony, then I think that they incorporated some of that because there's really not much plot to fill ten episodes if it's just the two of them. There's really not much conflict. There's like one fight and like one thing that happens. Yeah, one fight, but you know, it resolves itself very easily considering the man is undoing everything he ever thought of and she rapes him out of it. So. Did you read any of like the reviews of these? No. It's a mix of, I love this, this is incredible, and she raped this guy. This is fucked up. Holy shit, this is not okay. How are we okay with this? And, yeah, this is a great book. I loved it, every second of it. Incredible. There's really not a lot of in-betweens. And I think I've read, like, they asked her about it. I was like, are you okay with the fact that she she rapes him, and, and the lady the who was it, Julia Quinn or whatever the author was just like, I'm okay with everything in this book, I'm fine with it. It's like oh okay cool, and that was an that was an interview like a few years later. It wasn't even recent. So the thing about the book that sucks, amongst many other things about the book that sucks, besides, besides its existence, it? is it's not a very good romance novel either. No, I think it's it's a shit historical. No, fiction piece and the romance part is really terrible there's like two banging scenes and they're the same thing well one's a rape well yes but it's still exactly the same thing and the guy was like this is great i'm coming everywhere oh wait i didn't mean she oh, <laughs> got me everywhere so but you know there. there's these movies and things like that if they were made today the entire plot wouldn't work because of like you know they'd have smartphones like there's just a no, mm. it wouldn't. None of that would happen. There would be no issue. They'd have a smartphone. That'd be the end of the story. This is like that, but with condoms. Like if they <laughs> just had condoms, they'd be like, "Yeah, right, yeah, whatever." Now I'll give you all the seeds you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a guy who's like hell bent on never having kids, he's really relying on the rhythm method way too strongly. That's not even the rhythm method. That's just the pull-out. That was just the pull-out. Yeah, it was, it was, which is even worse. The rhythm method is uh, the Catholic-approved method of, of sinning by the calendar. When I, when I went to my you're going to get married in the Catholic church class, they taught us about the rhythm method. Yeah. And super awkward is this like you know older couple in their 60s were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, sometimes. like They were, they were saying just a little bit more than the mom says about what sex is. <laughs> like you know, I look. You know, you look at each other and say, "Hey, maybe today's a day we'll have some fun." You know, and then so uh, you know, we want to do that. You know, but we got to look and think about the. You know, well, what day is it? And and uh, maybe it's a day for anal. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, he never tries that either. You'd think he would, or just convince her. Like, I oh, know you just you just gotta you just gotta suck. That's it how more. babies are made. I swear. <laughs> but also, if you want a boy, together, it's the butt. together long enough. <laughs> To do the rhythm method, well, the rhythm method is really just based on your, your period, you know. Just yeah, trying to... so there's, they're only they're only married for like a week before he knocks her up, or almost knocks her up when she rapes him. His his jizz is just teeming with life. It is 
It's like when salmon are swimming upstream. It's like imagine. Uh, I'm sure if you had it like a, in a petri dish, you would you would be able to physically you, without a microscope, you'd see the movement happening in it. <laughs> it would look like a it's like pot that, of what, milk slowly like simmering. That, uh, what is that? Uh, congee? That like uh, that like rice pudding shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks like rice and coconut milk. Like you're cooking an Indian dish. That's what comes out of them. Right, Nate? I think Nate was going to say. I'm sorry, Nate. You were going to say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> she could have this could have been a a terrible book but would have without the rape it could have just been like after a few weeks she convinced him because he loved her that would have made more sense in the context of these stupid trash romance books instead it's just like no nah, i'm just gonna rape him and she's like okay with it she's like wait did i did i though I think he asked. I think he said yes. I feel like he said yes. Yeah, it's 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 a truly a staggering decision on the author's part that that was the basis of this. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I was reading something about her where she said said she this is her Wikipedia. That's where I read it. Uh, <laughs> she considers herself a feminist. This being the author, not not the character uh, Daphne. No, they and didn't gives allow her that heroine's thing. feminist qualities that are not necessarily true to the most prevalent attitudes of the times her novels are set in. Um, that what? But she says witty things. She's capable of better banter than the average female at this time. That's that's about it. But maybe she thought, you know, yeah, fuck it. Her taking advantage of a man, that's fine. I mean, if it was like if it was a well written book and that was a questionable thing, be like, oh, that's that's a complex issue. But it's a badly written book. The plot is stupid, and that is a thing. I mean, honestly, the amount of us talking about the the weird scene where she fucks her drunken husband without his consent is is ethically, uh, you know, uh, an issue. But that's not even the worst part of the book. You know, I don't don't want to sound like just like a bunch of men's rights activists here, but like that's (laughs) not the worst part of the book. The worst part of the book is just how shitty it all is. It's it's bad. Yeah, like that. The character, like what counts as character plot is, or I'm sorry, character development is that her older brother is tall. (laughs) (laughs) And then he developed into his height. The other siblings, the younger ones, they exist. They do little pranks. Oh, yeah. They they tripped him on their incredibly romantic trip to the Meridian. Oh, yeah. Well, that was like a big deal, so it's kind of... It's still not interesting to read about. One point when she says how smart he is, she's like, he's, she's, I don't know if she was saying it to herself or to him, but she, he's, you're so smart, or he's so smart, and he, the kind of math he learned doesn't even use numbers. <laughs> he uses letters. <laughs> Algebra is the most... That's <laughs> crazy. There were some other, uh, just a couple other funny lines that I thought, just not not not, you know... To just like how bad. I like at one point, I mean, this is just, this This is typical um, romance novel language. She pulled him ever closer to the cradle of her feminine, feminine, I can't even say it. The cradle of her femininity. Oh man, I can't believe I didn't make a joke about when they're going to have a duel with the brothers that they were going to duke it out. <laughs> Come on, make that joke. We are all relieved, I am sure. Simon cracked a smile at her deadpan wit. As if when you have to tell people that there was a joke in your book, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> and then this is a good one too. During during some lovemaking, 
He molded her to him, his arms wrapping around her like a vice. He could feel the length of her now, every last inch. Wait, does she have a penis? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wrote one of I wrote one of these down too. That where she overexplains stuff she wrote herself. He's taking off her gloves. Like he gave the tip of each finger a tug, then slowly slid the glove from her hand. The motion was unabashedly erotic. Clearly, an abbreviated version of what he wanted to do: remove every stitch from her body. Like, yeah, no, I, I got that. Three explanations ago, <laughs> <laughs> or um, when when he's like, after after they reconcile, she's like, he's like, are you fine? You know, fine's not a great. She says, I'm fine. And he's like, oh, fine is such a weak pussy word. <laughs> and she says, well, I might have misspoken. And he says, quote, or I don't know, the book says, quote, Simon felt a smile forming in his heart. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's a third grader writes. <laughs> I smile at you with my heart. He was as tall as a six foot tree. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I felt a smile forming in my heart. When I read that, I felt I felt a turd forming in my bowels. Like, that is just <laughs> terrible. Feel a turd forming in your heart. I give it a 5 out of 100. There is one um, Pride and Prejudice uh, direct reference in the final. Yeah, it's a man in possession of a fortune. It's a truth universally acknowledged a man in possession of a fortune. That a married man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of an heir. Oh, and the other thing that I noticed... That happened a couple of times in the book, and this is the kind of thing that young adult novels write in like 10-year-old kids. Wait, Simon gasped. (laughs) Like, why do you have to put the seven A's, I's, and T's? Also, how do you pronounce that? Like, wait. Why? he's stuttering. Right, he was stuttering. Sorry. But... Why did you have to spell it out like that? Like, I... You just like... He screamed, like... You don't need to have a whole line of it like it's a fucking text message. That's just another sign of shit writing. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to do a second one of these. This is not a series we need to continue. They have renewed it for four seasons. I mean, I think this would have been big either way because, you know, Shonda Rhimes, it was going to be big. Maybe not as big, but they probably would have made a few more seasons of this anyway. I think the show, I, I didn't watch the show. I... I was usually editing episodes of ours while my wife watched the show next to me, so I caught bits and pieces of it. But for the bits and pieces I saw, it wasn't good. It was probably better than this. It was it was better than this, but it wasn't good. She still rapes the guy. They just made him they just made him not drunk to I don't know, hopefully we would gloss over it, but eh. it's um it's bad. It's trash. It's, it's just trash. bad. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email through drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. And if you've listened to this long one, leave us a review or support the podcast over at Patreon.com slash DrunkGuysBookClub. And you can join us on Goodreads where we read things that are much better than this usually, but not always because we make people, people like it when we do the shitty ones. Because, I don't know, because they like hurting us. Someone did just write in the Goodreads group that their favorite episode, their favorite episodes are Anytime we read a shitty book, and they said Fifty Shades of Grey was a chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
you, you get to participate that way. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.